see some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Oh, yeah, guy, yeah, guy. It is spit. We're spitting here, spitballing. Spit, it's a surf show, it's a podcast. It features David Lee Scales and Scott Bass. Yeah, guy, it's. What day is it? Wednesday. It is November 20th. November 20th. Day late, a buck short. Yeah, good morning, David. Good morning, Scott Bass. Thank you for ruining my morning with that image of. uh, one of the worst surf injuries. I don't know if that even qualifies as a surf injury, though. Sure. Um, does sure. it? Yeah, that's a surf injury. <laughs> <laughs> if it involves a carabiner, I don't know. So Kai Lenny posted a photo on Instagram. I hope you follow Kai Lenny. If you don't, you need to. And his it's a picture, and it's he's in the hospital. He's in a gurney. He's laying in a hotel room. He's giving a shaka with one hand, and the other hand has a massive gash and gouge out of it. And... The Instagram says, a day of consequences that led to an ER visit. The carabiner from the bow line hooked on my hand as my jet ski was dragged onto the rocks at Jaws and ripped a good chunk. Thanks to my whole team for the help and for ACL Cinema for the drive from the cliff to the hospital. From when the injury occurred to being in the ER, it only took 40 minutes. Wow. And it's a gross chunk out of his hand between his forefinger and his thumb yeah it's quite gruesome a little webbing between your fingers webbing. that you would use to swim with okay i'm gonna give it to him that is a surf injury considering that he was at jaws if he was towing <laughs> anywhere else i would he's not he's in it the to hospital him. i don't care wetsuit on i don't even care he could be free diving um by the way did you see the footage of him the opening day at jaws doing a chop hop up the face of the wave like he's turning up towards the lip and basically ollie 180s and kind of lands at the top of the wave and then drive or uh, surfs down it from there it's like an alley-oop basically motion but he does it mid-face lands at the top of the wave and then rides out down the wave do you think kelly slater could do that heck no do you think john john florence could do that yes right now yeah jo- well today john john i don't know the state of his injury but yes in theory in theory, I'm not, I don't want theory. I want to know if can he, he has do the it? ability to do it. I don't know if his knee. He has the ability to do it. You mean you think he has the equipment and he's trained and he knows how to do that and he's been doing it and he's thought about it and it's everything part of his schematic and his brain. Everything other than when you said he's done it or he did it. Yes, it's okay. part of his schematic. He has the talent to do it. Well, you know where I'm going with this. That Kai Lenny's the greatest surfer in the world. Kai and Lenny, surfing's right not a now, sport today. Is Kai Lenny's the greatest surfer? And it's a Travis Sham mockery that I would say anything about it. No, I, I'm glad that you're disagreeing. It makes for good pod. I know. I'm just trying to think of all my and Scottisms. I think, I, <laughs> I think that Travis Shamakri hasn't been used in a while. Not you, nearly enough. You pulled that one out of the uh, trash you. can. But I do think it's a. I think that you present a valid case that John John is as well rounded as Kai, and. I think that my case, the Kai is more well-rounded and a greater surfer at this very moment when you consider all of the uh, wave riding, which is what a surfer does, he rides waves, all of the ra- wave riding formats that Kai Lenny can take on. The wing, dude, the the freaking, uh, what's that called? The, the wing 
um, the foil? wing sail. That the thing's insane. Wing sail? The wing sail. Yeah, have you seen the wing sail? I'm not sure. So it's kind of like a kite. You know how a kite uses its form? It uses a, a, a bladder filled with air for its form. Yeah. Well, a wing sail does the same thing. So it's a maybe like an eight-foot-long sail that you hold onto with both hands, and the boom is made out of this uh, a bladder, right? Okay. So there's not a whole lot of hard parts is my point. Okay. And you hold onto the boom, and it's a wing, kind of like when they jump off those cliffs in Norway. and, and Yeah, yeah. And you catch the wind with it, and it propels you along as you foil. Hmm. So Kai Lenny uses this to foil. So he doesn't need, a, you know, to get up to speed with a ski or whatever. Gotcha. Or catch the wave. He just stands, lets the wind pull him up, and then away he goes. And he just uses, it's insane. And the board, me, this the, guy is going places that are The board and the foil is the same that he's riding anywhere else? Yeah, more or less it's foiling. You know, it's, the board doesn't really matter. It's right. just, it's a super small board because yeah. you don't need a lot of board because you're not paddling to catch the wave. Right. Like, realistically, it's going to get to a place where it's just your feet attached to the foil. Yeah. On some level, I think, or just enough of a platform so that you can kind of have some tippy mobility. Yeah, the platform almost protect, it's a protector from the foil as much as it is anything else. Yeah, it's funny you say that. So I interviewed Dave Dominey yesterday who owned a, a sailboard company called Streamline for 27 years and he's the inventor of the tracker truck. Super brilliant guy, engineer mind. And he was, and so he's heavily involved with the Lennies and he knows Kai and his father. And he was talking about and we were talking about how can we get the foil so that it's safe, so that it's doesn't have, it's got like seven sharp edges mm -hmm. that can cut your leg off. Mm -hmm. And there's that's sort of the future. Like if you can, if somebody can design something that allows for that thing to be a little safer, yeah, then more people are going to adopt it because it is getting to a place now. But by the way, as you know, there's already foils that run on a motor. Yeah, but we both agree, Dave and I both agree, that that's kind of lame. Like, there's something inside my gut that just kind of goes, that's lame. I don't know why, but it's just not natural. Yeah. But regardless, we are getting to a place now with the wing... Um, what did I call it? The wing sail. Yeah. Yeah, the wing sail, where you're not going to need power. The power is going to come from the wind, and you're going to be up and riding with a safe foil underneath you so that you're not so you know, concerned about getting hurt. I mean, in the past with the sailboard, I mean, there's so many hard moving parts. And then with a paddle board with a foil, you've got the paddle and you've got the long board and you've got the foil. I mean, there's so many crazy parts to it that could hurt you. You know, if we can eliminate those parts. Yeah. I mean, can, can you imagine right now, like at the Malika Gulch on Maui, they're using this wing sail to foil downwind. They don't even need paddles anymore. Mm -hmm. They just pick up and that, and they're just ripping. They're just going so fast. I mean, that, that to me is just sounds like a ton of fun. It's almost like ele it it uh, incorporates elements of snowboarding into that. Like the, I don't know the, what, the speed and like the fall line of going down on a snowboard. That's what that feels like more to me than it does surfing. Even you know. Yeah, actually, it's a good point. Like, at what point is it more like sailing? Because, as you know, like the America's Cup boats, those boats go up on a foil and they have a sail, right? Yeah. And so if we have a wing sail exactly. and we're just trying to get up on a foil, the only thing is is that we're actually riding waves. Right. And But those guys aren't. Those guys are out in the open ocean. I mean, on some level, they must be picking up little ground swells and running with it. Maybe. But I think that they're getting their rise from the just the massive 
power and leverage that the boom and the sale and the mass create for them. But I don't. do you do any of this stuff? I talk as if I do. You do, yeah. But I do not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I wear the gear that makes me look as if I do. Therefore, I am. Okay. No, just kidding. Um, I why, want to. I, I was going to say, why don't you? I mean, because I've... You golf and you surf and it's too I've much. got so much going on in my yeah, life. It's just ridiculous. Like, I'm trying to pay for college and, like... Yeah, what school are you going to go to? <laughs> I don't know. Where should I go? I was thinking like a junior college You could probably get into inexpensive. DeVry. DeVry, yeah. yeah. Univer- online. University yeah. of Phoenix or something? Like Trump University, I was thinking. Trump University would be a good one. Yeah, I heard um, that that doesn't really pay dividends in the end. I heard they have a really good collusion <laughs> department. I heard of you, yeah. <laughs> Where you can... Ma- Collusion and bribery. I heard if you want to like just give them money and not receive any credits that apply anywhere else at all, right? Then that's the where that's where you would want to go. Yeah, yeah. And they, I, I guess they have pretty good steaks. Like okay, like leathery steaks, vodka, ties. They have some ties. Like the commencement ceremony is going to be insane. Like there's going to be it's going to be a party at the commencement. You know? I mean, really, you do it for the alumni. Well, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. we got to take care of them. You know. Well, I mean, geez. I mean, there's only one. Yeah. you and he's in the White House right. at the top levels of... Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, so go for it. I support this decision, <laughs> Scott. If I can help you... Um, I'm Let's set up a Kickstarter. I'm not sure if it's working. Uh, Have it you never, been watching the impeachment thing? I've been listening to it. Listening yeah. to it? Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. You're afraid to get into politics on this show? Uh, I, don't I, just, think I don't think I don't think listeners want to hear it. Yeah, I don't think it's prudent. Yeah. Um, so we we do owe a shout out to Shack, the Serving yes. Heritage and Culture Center. Why? I have interviewed. Well, because this is our home studio where we're <laughs> sitting. But I I um, interviewed the founder Dick Metz again. A series of interviews, Scott. He won't quit. I know he's great. I can't get him to stop. And then I'm going out of town, and he's calling me like, "Hey, I'm going to be in town tomorrow. Can we do it again tomorrow?" I'm like, "Dude, I've got eight hours of tape." Um, well, he. I mean, look, Dick's. And the and Shaq and I I applaud them for it, but they they want to get all his stories on, like they've been yearning for this for a long time. I was on the, um, I think it was called the editorial committee here yeah. or something, or maybe it was the audio visual. Com- I forget what committee, but we were really about getting a, all the stories of these guys that are sadly passing on, getting as much insight from them so that we can preserve it for future generations. And I know that they're excited about getting Dick's information on on a digital platform so they can have it forever well um i'm i kind of joke about he goes on and on the reality is it's all gold and i cannot believe that i've got it and so i think i'm going to release it throughout the month of december in three episodes maybe you should do like a pay-per-view what do you mean make well i think it uh, no i just think it's too late for that once you opened up the free the gates of freedom you can't go back i mean that's just not the business model you know like i'm happy just to get it out there and yeah. i think there's so many people who maybe have heard his name probably a lot of people who don't know his name and they're gonna hear it and it'll be the best episodes i maybe have ever done like it's the stories are unbelievable the thing about dick metz too is that he's one of those guys that kind of like randy rarick like he knows everybody and everybody that's in the know knows Dick Metz. Yeah. Like everyone knows Dick Metz, but nobody knows Dick Metz. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so now you're offering the opportunity for the average layperson to get to know Dick Metz. And he's well, a sweet, sweet guy. He's been a friend of mine for 15 years. And I think what you mean I'm by, pretty close with him. by that, everybody knows him, but nobody knows him. What, even the people that know him best, 
he'll tell a story that they've never heard before. And it's a story that would be the highlight of your and my travel life, you know? And it's just a random one to him because he's had so many. For listeners who don't know, who want a little teaser, he basically went on a three-year journey around the world, which was the inspiration behind The Endless Summer. So he came back home. He's friends with Bruce Brown, Hobie Alter. He comes back home uh, to this area that we're in right now, Southern California, and he's like one of the original Dana Point Mafia guys. And he was, Laguna Beach is where he grew up, but... Um, comes home and tells Bruce Brown, like, hey, dude, I went to South Africa. There's this wave in Cape St. Francis. There's this Jeffrey's Bay. Like, here's a bunch of photos. And then Bruce was like, oh, really? So Bruce then outlined the endless summer. So, um, and there's just so many little details along the way of like, had this little thing not fallen into place, I would not have gone on that trip. And if Dick didn't go on that trip, we wouldn't have the endless summer. You know? yeah, and if we no, didn't have the endless no. summer, then we wouldn't have so much of, more of what we have. So it's so ripe with historical interest and context and travel interest. And I mean, he was also a pretty um, living a pretty wild lifestyle. And he gets into all of that, just like sleeping with chicks and tahiti, like all this <laughs> stuff. So there's like a sensationalism that's great about it. Plus all of this other richness. It's I'm psyched on it. Yeah. So that's anyways, cool. Shaq, we owe you. Thanks. Uh, we also owe a thanks to NeedEssentials.com. Yes. If you have not seen the new film with Lori Towner, it's called Simple Things. Super cool. Yeah, what'd you like about it? Yeah, um, I watched it. I sent Rob an email saying, cool, man, good stuff. Um, I love Lori is now our working class hero. Like, I, I remember Lori being on Billabong back I think in, in the West day. West Oz, surfing killer rights yeah. at the end, yeah. and then laughs at the beginning. Yeah. That was, I love the, the rights were, I mean, the lefts were insane too, but the rights at the end, they just absolutely scored. Dreamy. Yeah. So gnarly, kind of gnarly, but not. A little bit gnarly. Just probably gnarlier than it looked. For sure. Like it looks enticing. Like you look, "Ah, I could do that. And then you see the water angles and you're like, oh no, that's actually pretty treacherous. It looks like it breaks right in front of rocks. Like, but it also looks like the water pushes you back out to sea. Like it doesn't run you up under the rocks, but regardless, it's pretty killer. It's very killer. You got to check it out. But Lori, um came up kind of i would say mid 2000s billabong team before the recession had all the hopes in the world like big wave charger charge all the slabs in australia and uh also doing huge full rotation airs you Color know red, Chopu, that, he's he's like the full hero that day along with nathan F- fletcher code red remember him dislocating his shoulder at the pipe masters a couple of times in one day two times in one day maybe even the same heat then he got that uh, cover shot last year at Cloudbreak. Like, the guy's on a tear, and he hasn't, he's been basically without a sponsor since the recession. He's a laying tile, he's a tiler, supporting a family, and then just shows up and, uh, you know, travels twice a year basically to target important swells around the world and then gets cover shots. I remember when I was working at Surfer back in the 2000s and being on the North Shore and shooting photos of him and no one really he got some great he was one of those standouts where you just went who's that everyone went Lori Town or Lori Town or you know yeah I think he was riding for Billabong at the time yeah and he just he was one of those guys that everybody had a great photo of him and you were kind of like wow kind of like the Hobgoods were like that when they first showed up on the North Shore it was like oh shit the Hobgoods these guys really charge there's always one guy or two guys or whatever where they just show up on everyone's radar because they're they put themselves in spots that were gnarly right And you're just like, Lori was like that. You're like, Lori Towner, how do you spell his name? <laughs> That's like Cam Richards is today. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Very need much so. It's sh- East Coasters. 
Yeah, it is. Because the bar- Brett Barley just showed up on everyone's radar in, yeah. in Hawaii. Yeah. You know? Which is where everybody shows up on yeah, a radar. Yeah, but you almost don't think Brett Barley needs to do that. I mean, he shows up in Africa and he shows up in the Outer Banks. And, like, it's kind of like he could kind of not go to Hawaii and be good. Right. You know what I mean? Can you, though? Well, yeah, I think you can. Nowadays you can? Well, yeah. I mean, for a little while, you know, yeah. when you think about it, there's yeah. a lot of guys. Name a guy that's on your radar that you're super psyched on that doesn't go to Hawaii. Currently? Yeah, or even in the past. In the that past? never was like a Hawaii guy. The one guy, the best example of this in the past? Dane Reynolds. Aaron Cormican. Aaron Cormican. Dane Reynolds went to Hawaii. He's only because he had to do the Triple Crown. It's not like he goes, yeah, every but year. But that's gonna... not the point. Whether or not they have coverage in Hawaii. I mean, Dane's Holly Eva turn will go down in history. Yes, no doubt. So, but Aaron Cormican is a guy that, like, everybody knew, and he never showed his face in Hawaii, you know? Um, but it's definitely an anomaly. By the way, this rain is intense. For anybody wondering what that sound is, if you didn't... It, is it going to affect the quality of our fine uh, broadcast? It will, but we have no other option right now, and we're going to persevere. By the way, do you know where the term broadcast comes from? Um, no. Well... Is this Back a sexist in the, joke? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is not a joke. I never really got any flack for that joke, by the way. Good. Uh, I wish Chaz would appreciate that joke, I thought. Go ahead, text it to him. I'm not going to. Leave it on his voice. <laughs> uh, broadcast comes from back in the day when they were putting up radio towers to send signals so people could listen to radio around the country. Let's say 1920. Broadcast is what farmers used to do with their seed. You would pull your hand into the seed bag and you would throw far and wide. It would be a broadcast. You would mm. broadcast your seed far and wide. As long as your throw could go or your machine could throw the seed out, that was, you had a broadcaster, you know, a long throw of the seed. And that term translated over to those radio towers when you put a big, tall radio tower up, your yeah. signal broadcast much farther than a short radio tower. That makes a lot of sense to Isn't me. Isn't that fascinating? I know. What was it like to grow up in that, that era? You know, I was 30 then, <laughs> and um, it was, you know... Uh, by the way, we haven't done our obligatory music conversation when we open the show. Right. So I want to clue you into something that you should absolutely be listening to. Okay. It's a podcast. It's yeah. called Dolly Parton's America. Love Dolly Parton. Do you really? I do. No way. Yes. Oh she's man, she's so sincere and sweet and well-meaning and a wonderful voice. I don't think there's some somebody. They said something on that country music show where she's never had a, a note come out of her voice that wasn't just perfectly pitched. Wow. Yeah. Nor uh, no neg- one's ever heard her not hit. Nor a uh, a cross thought, you know, yeah, or a negative she's, word. She's angelic. She really is. Yes. She is a great American icon. Totally. And I am thrilled that you are a fan. Oh, yeah. Big I've fan. always kind of had a reverence for her, I think, just peripherally. But now that I'm listening to this podcast series, I am just a huge fan. Well, so, you're brought in by, to her by this sort of like Maybelle, kind of like bushy blonde, big boobed woman. So you're drawn into her, or at least I am, yeah. by that, you know, by this sort of caricature. Yeah. And then you get to know who this person is, and you're like, oh my God, this is the sweetest, most beautiful yeah. saint. Yeah. And super talented. Totally talented. So, and smart, intelligent. Brilliant. Yeah. So the producer of the show is the guy, Jad Abumrad. He makes Radio Lab, which is a great podcast. Honestly, the best sound design of any podcast ever. Um, all of the shows that they produce are like the highest quality. Do they do one in a truck in front of Shaq? <laughs> in do they the have rain? rain? Like real live rain they pattern? Would, they would fly out here just to get this like audio for 
an audio bed for a series that they're doing. You know, that's Failing the level that they the do. Quality. Well, he. It's not really. It's partially about Dolly Parton, but it's also about America and like the. It's kind of America through the filter of Dolly's influence because she's been around for sixty years, and she's persevered all of these political. Um, upheavals and changes in America, you know, America politics. She's like a feminist at once, but also a very subversive feminist, not a feminist in the way that like a lot of feminism feminism is viewed. So the point is she's empowering, she's using that big boobed persona that you're talking about to actually wrench power into her control and own it, but through talent and hard work and anybody they show or they play footage of her from like the Dick Cavett show back in the day, or even before that, she's the first one to make a boob joke every time. Like the host will make some weird, creepy innuendo and she'll then like lean into it and make an epic boob joke. That's way funnier than the host joke is. Um, she she got her claim to fame on a variety show. I forget the country singer's name. Apparently, he was huge. I didn't even really know his name. Yeah. And but he was completely misogynistic, oh, completely yeah, sexist. Sure. Back in the kind of black and white, yeah. yeah. And he was having just, her on just, just as gross. like a side show to do a duet. She's twenty, he's fifty five. Of course, you come to find out they Who were sleeping it? together. Jimmy Rogers? No, 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 no. Um, no later than that. Pat Collins? No, no. no. Would yeah, I know I think, the guy? Yeah, you would absolutely. George have. Jones? No. It's with an S. Wow. Gosh, it's going to oh. kill me that I can't think of we'll it. But it at any rate. I'm just glad it's you that forgot. He <laughs> completely, <laughs> he completely like, you know, tried to step on her career as her star started to rise. He got jealous. He completely got jealous, tried to push her aside. She, of course, can't be contained. So she, they end up splitting up. She goes and has this crazy career, never says a bad word about him. And all the press is asking her, hey, it seems like he sleeps with all the young girls who've been on his show. And she never admits to it, never says a bad word. Then later in life, when he's bankrupt and he has five divorces, he's paying alimony all over the place. He needs money for health. You know, he, he's like in the hospital and can't pay his bills. And she buys a bunch of ca- a catalog of his music to basically get him through the final stages of his life financially mm. but never uses the music does it just as a charity thing mm-hmm. and even still never says a bad word about him you know and um she's just like such a positive person so the again the show isn't really about her specifically it's not like it is telling her story but it's more telling the story of america through the eyes of kind of Dolly's influence and yeah. navigating all these things that have happened in America. So Dolly Parton's America. You should be listening. It's a limited run series. How do I find this? It's just a podcast? On I- yeah, on iTunes or okay. whatever. Yeah, just search Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton's America? Yeah. How, and how many shows are there? I think I'm on episode six. Like, they're releasing them weekly, but they'll probably be eight or ten total. Oh, cool. But like, yesterday's episode was on Jolene, the song. Jolene, Jolene. Sing it. So <laughs> don't sing it. Don't sing it. Okay. So there's a whole genre of music that's about cheating, right? right? And then there's a subgenre that's about the other woman. Right. And every song in that genre about the other woman is basically vilifying the other woman and talking about how much how you're gonna kick her butt, you yeah. know? Yeah. Jolene is a unique song in that it's all it's fawning over Jolene. She's like, your your beauty is beyond compare. I know that you could take my man, but please, have, I'm vulnerable and have pity on me. And that's a perfect reflection of Dolly. She's not vilifying the other woman. She's never going to point the she's finger. Like and Mother blame. Teresa. Yeah, of she's just going to go, hey, 
I know you're better than I am. I know you're more beautiful than I am, but please. She leans into everything with grace. That might be a good way to summarize it. I think so. But then behind that has tremendous talent and hard work ethic and has been touring the entire time and releasing albums for 60 years. So it's like, I could be, uh, you know, I could be mean and pull rank on you if I wanted to. But that's not my nature. But it's not my nature. I'm a loving and tolerant human yeah. being. Yeah. Dolly so you, Parton. So there you go, Scott. I'm stoked on her, man. I hope a little bit of her rubs off on me. I would be... <laughs> Was that a boob joke? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> it kind of came out that way. But I just meant her value system. Thank you very much. And her beliefs. Both of her value systems. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That was pretty good, dude. Thank you. David just said both of her value systems. Thank you. You're weird. You're kind of creepy. Thank That's you. That's a little bit creepy. <laughs> oh, my God. I noticed that your chop hop just perked up a little bit. Just then. That's kind of weird. That's now very creepy. Yeah. Hawaii has been pumping. Man, it's so good. For a long time, actually. Even I mean, I've got some friends over there, and they're like, they can't remember when they have. It's been months. Like, from the south swells kind of rolling straight into winter, there was never a break. And um, and it continues to be good. And, um, but officially, Pipeline is open for business. It's been open. As you know, you probably saw on Surfline some notes I have here, too, that that um, you know the, the O'Neill wave of the winter started on November 1st. But, I mean, that thing, they have waves from October at Pipe. All the sand's good for Pipe. Um, but it got me thinking, is there ever a wave of the winter that's not at Pipe? Like, it's almost should just be called the pipeline wave of the winter or something. Because has there ever been, like, a Jaws wave or, or, or like, a wave, a freaky wave at, like, log cabins or something? Or, you know, like... Off the wall. Yeah, same I difference. Know. Same, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I mean, I would imagine, like, sunset has of, contention. I don't think it... I mean, you would think but you, it I've does. never seen it, but yeah. it should, yeah. But, I mean, it, and it makes sense. Everything's kind of, like, right in that little bubble of the pipeline area, but... It becomes apples and oranges, to be honest, if you're trying to compare Jaws to Pipe. Yeah, you can't. So it's nice that it is just at Pipe. Um, but should it just be called Pipe? It like, should, let's, well, can we, yeah, the, yeah. Or is that just like... Well, the Wave of the Winter's more got a ring to it. Yeah, it's way better. Like, it's... Uh, what do you call that? Uh, onomatopoeia? No. Uh, Maybe. Alliteration. Yeah. But, yeah, so Wave of the Winter makes makes more sense so from what's in contention right now have you seen yeah well brett barley's got a way just from the last two days i know cam richards has a way from october mm-hmm. brett barley has a way from a couple of days ago a couple of days ago lock not you know like 15 rides probably kelly slater jamie o'brien co smith um mikey bruno mm. you know there's quite a few already you know because it's just been two days of just non-stop gorgeousness yeah know? yeah it's exciting. And it looks like it's going to be a good run here through to to the pipe event, we hope. Um, Have you ever surfed pipe when it was no. kind of doing it? Not proper, no. Yeah. Were, did you ever have the opportunity? Well, yeah. Could I have paddled out? Yeah. Yeah. But when I don't want to. Weren't interested? No, dude. I'm because the 35, crowd? I was like 35 years old and 35, 20-year-old pipe specialist. Like, I'm... You got to start young and work your way up the ranks. There, you're not going to come in as a 35 year old and get anything. Yeah, you know, you're going to get smashed. If you, you'll be lucky if you get smashed. You know, you probably won't even get the opportunity to get smashed. You'll just be shut down. 
I mean, if you're, but if you're actually trying to sit on the peak and like actually get a wave, you will end up getting smacked. There's so many people that you're dodging. Yeah, you're you're, gonna you don't know caught. which one to get. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to go on one that kind of rolls underneath and sets up too yeah. gnarly on the inside reef. And, yeah. you know, you got to know what's going on out there. You just, it's, it's, yeah, it I, kills people. Yep. That wave kills people. It does. Sadly. Yep. Um, let's see the Hawaiian Pro. Haleiwa, have you been watching it? I have. I have too. Off and on. I've been watching it. And I got to say that the differentiation, different, how do I say that? Difference? No. The, the differentiation. The, I'm having problems. You're not going to help me. You're just going to let me look at you. You're just like, he's laughing right now, folks. He's like, he knows how to say it, but he wants me to just kind of grind through this. Differentiation? Yes. Thank you. The differentiation. Yeah. The difference between the exactly. good, <laughs> which was the better word to choose anyway. <laughs> I was trying to sound smart, for God's sake. The difference between the guys that are worthy and the guys that are not worthy. I guess all Hawaiian waves tend to do this, but yeah. recently for this event at Haleiwa, that wave really separates the good guys from the bad guys. Yeah. And some of the guys I've seen that are just ripping it include, um, that I've watched specifically the last round. And they're only halfway through round three. But round two as well, I watched some of that. But Ethan Ewing blew my mind. Um, Ian Govea absolutely blew my mind. Um, Jordy Smith. All of the top guys, but a couple guys, like Ethan Ewing. You know, Tanner, Tanner Godowskis. Tanner Godowskis, yeah. great call. And these are guys that are flowing and fluid in the face of a chunky, difficult wave where you, that runs fast and... And, of course, it's been onshore a little bit in the afternoons, too, so there's been some chunk in the system. And the guys that have it figured out that are smooth, it's just mind-blowing. And mostly because the guys that don't have it figured out look so horrible Mm -hmm. relative to the guys that do have it figured out that that it's night and day. Yeah, tentative. The guys that don't have it figured out, there's, like, a tentativeness. And Haleiva will just have its way with you. Um, There's a lot of, like, four, five, six check turns at the bottom before they commit to exactly. the turn whereas yeah. the good guys maybe there's two of those and then they're banging it and then there's you know well jordy your examples of jordy and um ethan ewing i would say are perfect in that they never they're bottom turning and they're going to go into the lip no matter what and they've got like that bottom turn is so uh perfect and sets them up so well that even if the lip is throwing they still have enough projection to like really go through it yeah and they just know that like that's the trick with that wave is don't back down or don't show any hesitation because it will slap you yeah, down yeah but if you've got jordy's power and ethan's kind of fundamentals you can just like boom bang it you know and, yeah and the lip will let you kind of push through it yeah, you, you just know, have to commit. You, you made a great point, which is you can't hesitate. You've got to commit to your turn, and you see guys hesitate, and they just get smashed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. By the way, Ethan Ewing um, did a year on tour, got bumped off, lost, I think, I mean, like, early round every. Did not show any of the, did not fulfill any of the potential that he had, but he is one of my favorite surfers, and I will be sad if he does not requalify and he just kind of disappears into oblivion like all of my other picks always do because he really is people always He's reference a He's a people talent. reference Andy Irons and his style is very Andy-esque but there's nobody else like it really other than other than Andy like there's nobody else that we have in this modern era that brings to surfing what he brings to surfing hmm. and so it would be great to see more of him so you're saying Ethan Ewing is the next Andy Irons 
No, I don't think he's going to win three world titles or anything, but he has that same approach to surfing. What about Seabass? Because a lot of people... Seabass, yes, has elements of it in his approach, but he doesn't have... Ethan Ewing's more like Andy Irons than Seabass. I think so. I think Ethan's going to go... I don't know. Seabass just... He's too apathetic about competition. You know, like he's too fun-loving. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have the Andy kind of batting down the hatches. Exactly. Which Seabass would, he succeeded on his talent alone, which says a lot about his talent, but he doesn't have anything beyond that. There's no um, desire to win a world title. He, he'd be thrilled if he makes a heat. You know what I mean? Like, he's not even trying to win a contest. He's just, like, in a heat going, I hope going I make this one. I just happen to have this jersey on. Yeah, and, I'm, and uh, notoriously catches 100 waves on the inside. Yeah. Uh, Jack Freestone looked really good, too. I don't know yeah. if you caught any of his heat. Did you yeah. happen to see Ian Govea? Because I would no. suggest you guys go to round three heat analyzer and watch Ian Govea's heat. Wow. He looked pretty amazing. Wow. I know. That says a lot that I'm saying that. It really does. <laughs> because, you know. That you I don't even like goofy know foot. one goofy foot Brazilian from another. Maybe. I'm going to go look at heat three. It's actually going to be Jadson Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Jadson. I don't know. Could have been Idolo. Ian Ferrara. <laughs> Anyway, there's some good surfing going on, and there's some really bad surfing going on. And I'm not going to even bring up the names of the bad guys, but um, they know who they are. (laughs) Do they really? (laughs) I hope so. What's weird is that um, even the great, great surfers lose heats out there. I mean, there's so... On that QS, at this level of the QS, there's so many great surfers. And you're right. You're right. Like, the best, the cream clearly rises. You could pick top five guys, but there's so many good surfers that still lose heats i feel like like a qs in say france or something like you know like a ten thousand in france if there is one or a six thousand in france qs six thousand point a lot of guys could make it to the semifinals and the finals a lot of guys i feel like at Haleiwa, by the time you get to round three it has a way of separating the men from the boys mm-hmm. to use that cliche True. Um, you got more Hawaii talk? What do you got? I'm bringing it all. What um, you bring? Well, I didn't want to interrupt your Hawaii segment if you had more Hawaii stuff. I don't have much more Hawaii stuff other than... All right. I got one for you. Okay. Not Hawaii. Ditching the cam at Surfline. Oh, have you seen this at debate? Rincon, you mean? I'm sorry. Yeah. Ditching yeah. the Surfline can at Rincon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. So totally fill botched me that in. title. Fill me all right. in. Uh, Christian Beamish uh, wrote... A piece, I guess, like a petition, and who you interviewed, yeah, for the border podcast, Christian, good guy. Um, and I'm going to read from Ryan Lovelace's Instagram because that's he's a local in that area, and he said, "Friends and family, our local surfing community has embarked on an uphill battle to remove the newly mounted surveillance camera at Rencon." We hope that we can organize and democratically have this device removed as there is no local demand for it and the installation was not with the agreement of the local surfing community who these cameras portend to serve. Who knows, maybe we can start a snowball and encourage other communities communities to stand up for their sacred spaces as well. Please click through, blah, 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 uh, sign it. We know this is an uphill battle. But the lineup won't sit idly by, and we would love your help and support. This effort and discussion has been spearheaded by an amazing bunch of surfers. Thank you to Aaron Blatt for organizing this petition, or Aaron Feenblatt. 
for supporting this petition. So, what are your thoughts? They want a, a new camera was installed at RenCon, which I would presume their argument, Ryan's statement, is that this is only going to add to the already crowded lineup and let people cherry pick their sessions and just show up when it turns on and all that sort of thing. So, Ryan and that local community is interested in removing the camera. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are there is no doubt that cameras don't lessen the crowd. No question. They don't take away from the crowd. Do they add to the crowd? Quite possibly. Yes. I, I could see that that argument has water. That people go there when they see it good. Or they use the camera to, for whatever reason. And, full disclosure, I use cameras all the time. Yep. And even more full disclosure, I do a lot of work with Surfline um, on a marketing level. So, and I'm friends with the guys at Surfline. They're good friends of mine. But if these guys succeeded in removing the Surfline cam at Rincon, I would be okay with that. Yeah. And frankly, if we could do that with our fingers and every single surf cam disappeared and they never showed up again, I'd be good with that too. Really? Yeah. I would. There's something about having to go out and search it out and find it and do it and be on it that speaks to sort of the adventure of surfing yes i, I mean i do agree with that now, again I, I use the cams and i yeah, yeah, and yeah. i use them to my benefit so i i do want to raise my hand and say yes i'm a hypocrite but i'm just saying so why are in some a perfect sacred? world like if you could if it could happen and i'm not saying i'm saying this should happen i'm just saying if for whatever reason cams got eliminated, which they're not, but if cams could get eliminated, in other words, if you get rid of one, you got to get rid of them no, all. No, that's not true. I'm just saying in a hypothetical. Yeah. In a hypothetical, if you got rid of them all, I think but, it would be good for surfing on a core level, not maybe for yeah, the industry or I, for I, marketing or for data collection or for... Anyway, go ahead. That's my thought. I'm okay with that hypothetical hypothetical um but i don't know i could probably argue against it to well, be here's honest the argument. I, do you like it crowded or not it's a yes that's or not question. the argument no it is the argument I, I you agreed with me that cams for sure make it so that it's not less crowded correct okay so do you like it crowded or do you not like it crowded i would prefer it not crowded okay but that's, no that's no, no. not the end of the question no, it, no i like I, the convenient i i didn't honestly, say that i'm saying i would like so it you'd uncrowded. rather have convenient yes, exactly. crowds yes. than inconvenient less crowds i would rather be at work and be able to look at the cam and decide whether or not i'm going to surf this afternoon or where i'm going to surf this afternoon and if that means it's going to be twice as crowded as me just driving so and do you it, have, i'm okay with that do you exchange. have to look at the cams to make that determination i don't have to but it helps me so you're okay the convenience with and the crowds. help is worth it the convenience and the help is worth the crowds the crowd. to me okay because the crowds aren't so bad that it prevents me from surfing or from even getting waves. Right. And then it also allows me to pick where it's going to be less crowded. I can look and see the crowds on the cam, and then I go well, and surf somewhere else. I mean, else. just for the sake of argument, it would be less crowded if there weren't cams. So if you're looking for less crowded spots, which is, sounds like what you're doing, when you use the cams, you're actually looking for less crowded spots. No. That's the tertiary tertiary reason why i'm using the cam the first reason is where are the waves best what is the tide and wind doing that sort of thing 
And then, like, on the low down the list, even beyond third, is so whether or not the data of where the waves are best, what the tide's doing, what the wind's doing, all of that data. It could be argued that you and I know how to get that information without a cam. True. Right? And so, do you think that you could do that? Do you think that you could know where to go surf without a cam? Yeah, I used to call Surf Report. Well, without the surf telephone report, number. Without that. I still do, actually. <laughs> Believe it or not. Anyway, we're going to go down a rabbit well, hole here. But. So, but w- the question to. Should we that bring, I have, bring it back to Rincon? Yeah, the question I have about Rincon is. The reality is I think we're at a point where we're making it's not all or nothing. We're at a point where we're making decisions on which spots are sacred and which ones are not. And the reality we're is we're not they are. Right? Surfline is. And and Lovelace and his community is making the his community is doing this thing that in all reality could have ripple effects. Other people in other communities could go, Hey, they were successful, so now we're gonna do the same thing. Yeah. So my question to you is is there a spot that you would never put a camera in? Like, is there a spot right now that doesn't have a camera on it that you would never put a camera in? And also, why is Rincon that spot for these people when you can see Rincon from the highway? Yeah. Like, Rincon isn't exactly a secret spot. No, it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but a cam probably does make it more crowded, which is why they're doing it. Doesn't it doesn't make it less crowded. Right. It doesn't, <laughs> make, it doesn't make it less crowded. Exactly. Let's just start that. Um, so are you asking me, are there like, spots? Yeah, what spot would you the, never put a camera in? I think... Well, I think. What Scott? What spot would you never put a camera at? Take two. I would never. I'm kind of disappointed that there's a camera at Blacks. Yeah. Um. Again, I'm in a weird place because I use the cams for my forecasting business. Like I, so I don't want. I'm appreciative yeah. of the cams, and so. I want listeners to know that for the sake of this discussion, I'm going to take this side of the equation of the argument, but I don't necessarily stand behind it with my actions. And so I'm being hypocritical. You've made that clear. Okay. But I mean, through a lot of your actions in life, you've made the hypocrite thing clear. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So for the purpose of this discussion, I'll be the one that's anti-cam and you'll be the one that's pro-cam. Is that fair to say? Like, we'll just have like a mock debate. I mean, I, I because think I'm not I am, anti, I'm not anti-cam is what I'm right, trying to get right, across. Right. Yeah, and I am kind of pro-cam, so I'm okay with that. Um, so with that being said, I would say all of the spots need to have. If I'm going to be the anti-cam guy for simply for the purpose of this conversation, I, there's no spot that's not sacred. Yeah, they should all be removed. Yeah, pipeline is like a great argument. That is sacred ground, and it require but i guess it's such a trippy cultural difference too like in hawaii people don't care as much because pipeline's going to regulate itself that and there's nobody watching the cam at pipe who's like true hawaiians don't have the same sort of anxiety about catching waves that i think californians have like we're just like oh my god what's the wind doing like i've met true hawaiian guys like west side guys that are just like dude it's going to be there it's there every day it's been there for thousands of years it's going to be there for thousands okay, more I'm years okay i'm glad you're saying this and there's not anxiety though true hawaiians now there might be howlies that moved over there they're like you know on it like they were when they were in california but my sense is polynesians and islanders the ocean and the waves and the water is just part of their life and it's never leaving and they don't have an anxiety of chasing the perfect wave down the way that we do you just nailed you for illuminated for me the way that I was feeling about this without even knowing. And that is, 
I don't feel any proprietary right to even my local surf spots. So the camera to me, it's not like, oh, this is my resource and the cam is, um, you know, defiling my resource. I just view it as like, no, this is public land. Like, I don't have a say in this. I'm just as much of transient as anybody else who either buys here or doesn't buy here or comes in, in to right, enjoy it. Right. And so it's a public resource. And who are Ryan Lovelace and Christian Beamish to say, hey, I, this thing needs... Because frankly, both those guys are them. transplants. And they'll both tell you that. Yeah. I don't feel that way about them necessarily. And I, I do... I think Ryan made a comment in, in the comment section in a reply to somebody, which was... No, no, no. What we're arguing against is somebody coming in here, a private entity coming in and profiting off of this public resource. So it's a like, private property rights. This is I, now he's getting into legal property. I think rights. that's what his thing is. Like Surfline's coming in here just to sell ad space, based on the viewing of this camera that is going to, you know, uh, make our spot more crowded. Like no, well, the sure. local community's not benefiting from it. Surfline is benefiting from it. That's what his point was. Okay, so he's saying that the local community needs to benefit from it or you can't do it. So he's now I think like, he's saying the local community doesn't want to benefit from this private, you know, endeavor. Then, then they won't. Either. Oh, then, oh, well, see, now that's where we're <laughs> getting. Now we have a problem because now you're telling me how I can or cannot make money. Yeah. But you're using, I mean, our likeness. You're using our, you know. What do you mean likeness? Well, they're going to be in the water. There's going to be... They don't have to be in the in. water. No one's forcing them to go in the water. Yeah. Don't go in the water if you yeah. don't want your likeness used. Yeah. So now it's I a private it's, property thing. Well, Is it okay for a homeowner to get the 500 bucks a month or whatever he's getting from Surfline to put this camera up? That's the question. Yeah. And so, like, so from a private property respect, legally, is the, does the community have the right to take away those property rights we're gonna find out well i would say no I, i'm i'm a firm believer in property rights i don't think the government has the right or anybody has the right to tell me what i can or cannot do with my property so if you're on your property and yeah i guess you're right if you're filming everything that happens outside that does feel you're right you're it's legally a public you're beach. legally yeah i know that's true it's not like I'm filming your backyard while you're on a trampoline. We just took opposite stances now. Now I'm fighting against the cameras. <laughs> I've done my forward. job. I win. Touché. Wow. Wow. Master debater right Not there. Okay. <laughs> no. So it, there's a, you know what? There's so much to unpack really in this. I, we could do a whole show if we would have prepared for it. Because I do think that they bring up some good points. I do think that I read a lot of Ryan's Instagram comments. He, he seemed to come across pretty level-headed. The problem with Ryan and, and Christian too, for that matter, is... Did they get nominated as the spokespeople for the surf community? Are they really the spokespeople for the community? Maybe they are. Yeah. Well, not nominated, but you know what I mean? Did the surf community get together and have a meeting and go, okay, you guys, you're the smart ones that are good writers. We want you to craft something and get this thing started. Like, how did it start? Does I'm sure everyone feels the same way. Like, nobody's going to say, yeah, the cam's good, but they and all no, use the cam. I'm sure a lot of people use the cam. And nobody's going to question whether or not Beamish is the right guy that you would want to have write the piece and represent the surf community oh as all i'm saying is as long as the surf community at large got together and elected somebody to be their spokesperson that's fine they didn't yeah this just came out but of there is left no field. surf community at large dude i well, mean my it's point like, here's my point the reason that you want the right person writing this is because you don't want somebody like me going that guy's just a transplant anyway yeah you know what I mean? So you want like Matt Moore to go, yeah, we elected Christian Beamish to be the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want like a carp guy to be 
he's our guy and he represents and we give him the right to speak for us yeah, yeah. And until you have that then you can then you're going to get poked at by guys that are like yeah but ryan's ryan lovelace is from like i don't know i think he's from seattle yeah or something so and there's nothing wrong with that but unless he's been given this point this place of of speaking for everybody this place of authority look he's not even saying this is the place of authority he's just saying hey this is this little group of people who how little he he and whoever his friends are right. this little group of us feels this way sign or don't sign yeah and, and if he, becomes, he did a good job of, and if it becomes a community movement great and he becomes the spokesperson then that happened organically and then yes that was a democrat right democrat yeah Say democratically differentiate Democratically you need selected. to differentiate from democracy or democratically select. I will try to enunciate better. Yes. Um, well, and I think Ryan did a good job of keep going. He kept going back to that point. Yeah. A lot of people were calling him out. He's like, hey, man, yeah. no one asked you. Don't read it. Leave. Move I on. Know. You know, like. I know. By the way, it's so funny how angry the internet gets. Oh, God. Did, they so broke good. the internet with that one, man. It's I, so good. I spent a good hour reading through all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Holy mackerel. But it's a fascinating thing, I think, on a, on on sort of a privacy on yeah. on a surf community level, on a private property rights level. It's a pretty cool thing. I mean, it, I think it's a topic that needs to be addressed, and, and and so therefore it needs to be addressed. You know, with a certain amount of grace and tact. It can't be like an internet spit fest. Yeah, no pun intended. Well, I and I think they is- did an okay job of doing that. I, I think so too. Yeah. yeah, I think the way that Ryan couched it and presented it was yeah. totally level-headed. Yeah, he and kept coming totally back fair. to level-headedness, For which sure. was smart. Um, what do you think? You're all I'm about fine. the can. I'm fine Are you going to use the Rincon can? Yeah, I you'll will. use it, and it'll determine whether you go up there or not. No. Yes, it will. Why else would you use it? Uh, I mean, I'm so curious when to I see, see what you the on the water up there. I can be ah, oh, you're one of the cam guys, dude. I got to drive two hours to get there. It's not the cam's not going to dictate the drive. Like, I'm either going to commit to the drive a day before, you know, or not. It's not like I'm going to look at the cam in the morning and be like, oh, That's I- the way all missions to drink on are anyway. Yeah. You're like, it's good. I'm going. Yeah. I know it's going to be good. The exactly. tide's low in two or what. You know, like, you're usually guys that do that, you know, and there's a lot of us it's from a, down here that go up there. And it's a point break. And so Especially it's not subject. Like, it, it's more predictable when it's going to be good or not. It really is. And so you don't need the cam. Like for but me, the cam would the make you go, trip, God, it was good today. I know it's the, the conditions are the same tomorrow. I'm going. Okay. The worst thing that can come of this is people going home, watching the cam rewind, and then posting the clip of themselves on Instagram. Well, that's, that's the that's biggest the whole other thing. That's is, my biggest grievance with the cams. How, have you, I've look never at looked at the cam. How do, by the way, I heard the cam's down, by the way. Oh, really? Is the cam up? Can you pull it up right now? No. So, I don't have the internet. Um, where was I going? I had a good question. Rewind. Oh, yeah. Surfline Rewind. Yeah. Is the cam good enough so that you can buy the watch that Surfline has now and and get your own clips? Because you, I can imagine it's probably pretty close if it's the, on one of those houses. The, is that cam specifically good enough? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that cam. Like, is it As at the river youth? mouth? I'm not sure. Is it yeah. where, like, and so will it create a congregation of people that are just going to surf in front of that cam so they can get their clips right. sent to them via email. That's my point. This is the most egregious use of the cam, if that happens. So you're okay with the cam unless that happens? Yep. That is my... That's where that's, you draw the line. That's my... And how do you Mason determine Dixon? whether this happens or not? Because I'm on Instagram scrolling and there's some pixelated footage 
of somebody trying pulled to pulled away granny not so great yeah footage. doing a weak top turn that they're proud of and so then you call them out you become a you, the call out culture you're just like i just unfollow Unfollow. I don't have I don't have any need to call out. I don't have any need to get into a debate online. I You're just, just unfollow. unfollow. What if it's what if it's Connor Coffin? Uh, yeah, he deserves an unfollow. So sure. no matter what, you're going to unfollow him. Unless it's Tom Curran. But Tom Curran would never post the video. He would post a an screenshot of the video and it's so pixelated that you can't even tell if he's front side or backside, you know? <laughs> That's a Curran move. Okay, so you're pro-cam unless the cam gets used for vanity purposes. Pro-cam unless vanity purposes. Yes for Connor, no for Kern. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's all so confusing, my friend. You've got quite a uh, Instagram <laughs> going on My there. life is complicated, Scott. I'm a, I am a very um, complex human being. It's going to be fascinating to see where that thing goes. Uh, uh, like I said, on a much on a grander scale sort of brings up the whole ranch stuff and it brings up surfers are the worst it brings up who are you to say who can or can't surf there and then ryan would say well i'm not saying that yeah. and there are all of these little arguments were sort of thrown out there on his instagram is his instagram still up people yeah. should go check it out i saw There's some good fodder on there at ryan lovelace i saw um when i read it i was trying to feel invested in the debate and I really, I know it's a good talking point for the podcast, but like, I was like, I don't really care. I don't own that wave. I don't own the house. I don't own the cam. I don't really. I kind of have the same feeling. I, I'm just going to go surfing. I had a surfers of the worst feeling. I yeah. was just like, you know what? I've got this, not this again. That's yeah. kind of what I got. Yeah. I was like, oh God, here we go I don't go feel again. connected intimately to either side of this argument. And is it going to affect how I surf and when I surf? I don't know. Probably not. I'm going to surf if I have an afternoon free kind of feels like the genie's out of the bottle and to try yeah, to grab is. the genie and put it back in the bottle right now is way too late yeah. you know like when i was 20 years old and you could call 976 surf or whatever yeah <laughs> that's when i was having this argument you know from an ignorant standpoint of a 20 year old it was like i can't believe they're reporting on totally it'd be like 8th street you Del Mar, and, it'd be uh, like you and i trying to get in on the gold rush right now <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, you're only 150 years too late? What's oh, the gold shoot. rush? <laughs> I, exactly. I want in on this. Exactly. Wow. Um, well, speaking of unlimited waves, the wave park... There's been some wave park news. I know. Right? No. Melbourne? Yeah, you're like, meh. Yeah. I interviewed the guy that's putting in the Oceanside Wave Park. It'll be on the Boardroom Podcast soon. Okay. Cool interview. As you know, I'm a big fan of, of wave pools and wave parks and... Um, and I was fascinated by it. And there was a recent video added out of Melbourne for Urban Surf, which is going to go online and open to the public, I think, in January. So just in a month or two. And it showed this slabby wave that the Wave Garden Cove technology made. And um, and so that kind of had everyone kind of up and stoked and stuff. And then in Palm Desert, the city council just approved that. Somebody sent me a clip of the city council meeting, which was really quite boring. <laughs> and... Um, and that's called DSRT, and I think the Hobgoods are a little bit behind that, CJ maybe, or Damien. They, they both are both as are. ambassadors or something, and yeah. Josh Kerr too. Yeah. And um, and then this one in Oceanside, um, like I said, I had an interview with Mike Grell, who's the developing partner in the, for Zephyr Properties, and that'll be online on the boardroom show. But um, so this sort of wave pool, I don't know if, Stab framed it like a war thing, but it's not war. It's more like a an arms race. I think they I think they use the term arms race, 
whatever you call it, 2.0 is happening. There are two parks in Palm Desert, one in Oceanside. And frankly, the Delmar Fairgrounds is looking at what to do with their property. Horse racing is taking a massive dive. Nobody's going to it. They have this incredible land. And and I chimed in. They asked me to give them some insight. And I'm like, man, if you could turn that thing into like something that has to do with wealth and or I mean wellness and health and you know what the community of Solana Beach and Del Mar and North San Diego County is which is you know yoga and climbing and mountain biking and surfing and outdoor activities and wellness and farmers markets like something that was authentic to the region instead of you know the fairgrounds now seems like you know what I, I use the term the fairgrounds seems a little bit like illness instead of wellness like when you think ouch well only because when you think of the fairgrounds right what do you think of deep fried fat sugary drinks $13 bud rope weisers hot dogs cotton candy yeah and carnies that's what you think of that's what the <laughs> fairgrounds I think of the boardroom show I don't know about you wow but anyway I no, love the, I'm not here to, to, to I'm just telling you that no I agree I, they're in a, a Even great, the word, they're in a great opportunity to turn this thing around it's and, not there it's the word fairgrounds you think of carnies and cotton candy and all right. of those things and those it's things not exist unique there. to Velmar. yeah exactly and so i'm hoping that 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 and i know that the good people there at the 22nd ag district are going to try to turn it around otherwise they wouldn't be reaching out to well they're, look they're, you're right decision makers and focus, stakeholders focus it on the community focus it on wellness the question is whether or not wave pools are a trend yeah, and, and maybe maybe to be, that's too much of a roll of the dice for it, them, which it, is I mean, fine. But I could see an Olympic skate park venue there. I mean, skateboarding's not going away. It's in the Olympics. Yeah. If you put a wave pool in, guess what? You might be in the Olympics, too. You've got a wave pool. It's so the business model isn't flushed out yet, dude. Well, you don't know that. You haven't done I, enough. It, I, I would, do know that. That is, the, that is the question for everybody still. Well, then why are they why are they doing it? I would because they want to be early in on the trend. They no, want you want be, you don't want to be early. You want to be yeah, you, you want to be third to market. You want to see where you want to be mis- third to market. Yeah, you want to see oh where all God. the mistakes are being made. You want to see where all the mistakes are being made. You want to know that if I build a wave pool technology, that in twenty years it's going to be the killer. It's still going to be the killer shit. It's not going to get outdated when of version five comes along in ten years. So there's all these things that you want to see somebody make the first mistake so you can go oh don't do that and then you go in and do your thing and you do it better than all of them of course but the most important thing that you want to be that you don't want to uh get wrong is the revenue model right that has not been proven right which is why you don't want to be first to market you want to see where they're making mistakes so that you can go okay this is where we're going to do it right so that the nobody's spending 30 million on a wave pool that doesn't already have penciled out that it's going to work well they've penciled it out but it hasn't been proven in the marketplace you know what i talked to a guy who surfed waco the other day it was 39 degrees it was 47 in the water and the place was booked all day long in waco texas bsr is the best example we have so far and it's a good one and frankly kelly slater's thing could get booked out every day there's enough wealth in this state you don't think it could get booked out every day i don't i think there's well but but that's a that's a lame that's a lame um, one to look at anyway because because that's there's just not enough waves in the day yeah uh Brissett. but i know guys are surfing lamore like it's like you'd be surprised there's no, guys that are booking it out i just talked to a guy I, I more than once i hear people go yeah i just got back me and five friends paid 
four grand each or whatever and i know brissick brissick surfed it yesterday yeah like a lot of people are surfing it oh no not not uh he surfed waco yesterday oh was it cold as shit yeah 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 Um, and it's booked solid waco seems to be yeah and it's in waco i know could you imagine if it was in del mar yeah that'd be amazing or in oceanside where it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be pretty cool yeah we'll see yeah, I think it'll be killer. The thing is, it's got to be, uh, again, affordable, and Waco is affordable. Yeah. You know. Um, by the way, side note, or I don't know if you have more on your uh, wave pool talk. I don't want to jump the gun here. You're jumping the gun. That's all I got. Did you watch? I'm going to guess no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I don't know it's... that you watch a lot of surf videos on the Internet. It just depends. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Okay. I'm under the impression that you don't. But um, did you watch Surfer Magazine's Handmade Part 2? No. This was really good, and I feel like because Surfer Magazine, um, he just pushed your box aside. Dick. (laughs) (laughs) No, Um, I'm just kidding. I love Glenn. Because Surfer Magazine doesn't have the, um, I don't know, audience that they once did or just as much kind of excitement that they once did they put stuff like this out that is very very good and i feel like it just flies under the radar and it doesn't get seen they did a there this is a now part of a series called handmade where they get four surfers together to go on a surf trip and build all their own surfboards for the trip so on this trip they had andrew doheny ellis erickson alex nost and shima buttonshaw and they all those guys build very different styles of boards and it's 30 minutes long it's it's a documentary piece and um, you and I, when we do our respective podcasts, interview a lot of surfboard shapers and talk about design. This does a more effective job than we do, simply because the visuals are so helpful. And speak for yourself. And I don't say that lightly because I think we generally do a better job than other people do when discussing surfboard design. But these guys kind of incorporate that much attention to detail and the surfer shapers that they're interviewing are you know certainly talented certainly have a lot of boards under their belt and they're all articulate communicators and in the direction of the piece they really focus it on design conversation so um it's highly worth watching i think uh alice erickson is really kind of focused on the edge design and exploring that and uh improving it i surfed with him when i was in australia and um rode one of his edged boards it's the first one i've ridden and i didn't quite figure it out you know i surfed one session on it so that's not enough time to really suss it out i think what i really enjoy about watching him ride him is that you actually see the limitations of the design like he's a very good surfer and you see him putting it through its paces and hitting a limitation and then coming back in and explaining it, the rail caught right here when I was doing this turn. So I'm going to go back in the shaping bay, make this adjustment to improve upon that. So in a very granular way, you see improvements being made on a design. And it's, it's not just like, hey, I want to push this as far as I can. It's actually, I'm feeling sensations on this edge design that I get out of no other board. That's why I'm pushing this design forward, is to get all of the benefit of this design and then improve it so that there aren't limitations on it. And then we can apply this edge to either, you know, high performance thrusters or long boards or anything in between. 
So I was at uh, Gary Linden's a couple days ago in Oceanside, and we were digging through some old boards, and we came across this wilderness, which is a Bob Duncan label. Bob Duncan was the guy who worked with Greeno. This board says George Greeno Designs, and it has Bob Duncan's initials on it, and it was for this guy, and it's one of those edge boards. It's a tri-fin edge board from 1989. Wow. And it's beat up and stuff. And Gary and me and my friend Mark were like, I was going to put it in the auction, but it's just so beat that it's, oh, okay. it's, it's, it's not eye candy, but it's from a design standpoint, it's fascinating, right? Because Ellis Erickson needs to realize that Bob Duncan and Greeno have been working on this thing for 40 years or something. Oh, you he know? realizes it. Yeah, I'm sure he yeah. does. Ellis spends time with Greeno all the time, and he and Kidman made that On the Edge of a Dream film, and... Uh, so you know, my point is, is that we it. decided to use, take this wilderness board and ride it and figure it out. And Gary wants to make one. He's all fired up on the edge board. And I've been getting these this phone call from this guy up in uh, in Santa Barbara too. That's just I, he just calls me out of the blue and he's like, "You're the guy I'm supposed to talk to." And he's like pumping up this whole edge thing, and it's, it's hmm. just kind of crazy. But point is, what I'm getting at is, I'm going to be riding this wilderness Good. board with Gary, and we're going to try to figure out and make one and see what we think. Have you ridden an edge no. board? Never have. There, it's interesting. Yeah, um, we got to get into a couple of wrap up things. Yeah, I got to get going. Um, have you been watching Stabs the Pickup? No. Okay. Uh, do you have a Duke Kook and a Musty moment? <laughs> I know what it is. Is it the thing on the North Shore where they sit around and do their deal? Like Stabs basically Ashton doing... and somebody else talks to Tanner, and they talk to yeah. Stab's doing a TV show weekly, uh, or maybe twice a week from the North Shore, just kind of keeping you current with everything that's happening. Um, do you like it? No. <laughs> I mean, I Why? love, Why don't you like I'll it? tell you, I love having updates about the North Shore. I'm curious to see who got which wave when, who, like all of this kind of stuff that they're providing is the valuable problem? information to me. What is the problem with the show? The structure, the format, and the host to be honest like they got this girl tiff kazali i think is her name yes and she's almost void of personality you know like she's too cool for school i don't know she's not even being too cool she's just boring she's just not a charismatic you know camera presence she's and I would, not and i would argue our that our friend rosie <laughs> right yeah, exactly. Rosie would be good. Rosie would be great. Rosie's yeah. kind of the best example. So I, I think like there's a little bit of miscasting there. Right. I think Ashton, I love Ashton on the uh, No Contest series, but as just sitting in front of a camera, I feel like he's kind of deferring to Tiff a lot of the times, almost like they want Tiff to be the lead in this piece, but she's certainly not picking up the ball and running with it. So then Ashton is kind of just like playing like really low um, energy, just kind of delivering the lines. And it's just not great. It's just not great. You know, it's like, I want some of the information you guys are giving me, except I could get all of this in two minutes and be happier. It yeah. doesn't need to be 20 minutes or 12 yeah. minutes or whatever the length is. It feels like, and I haven't seen it, but my gut feeling is, is that the, the warm blanket of vibe that is the North Shore has descended on that production and it's yeah. just no energy there because they're afraid they're going to step on somebody's toes and they're trying to is. be too cool. And Maybe that's what They've it got is. to tiptoe around and who's going to walk through the door and punch them and there's just, yeah. there's just this... The North Shore is, is sort of... The cancer of the North Shore is kind of filtered into that show, I think. Yeah. And I've never seen it. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Am yeah. I correct? You're not wrong. Yeah. It's not... The cameras aren't providing making it less crowded 
you're not wrong about those things. <laughs> I'm just not going to say you're entirely right. I mean, look, I love that they're making an effort. Like Me they're too. they're making a go at like these. Um, you know, people have been we- trying to weekly do this updates, forever, weekly you know, shows. Been trying it's to just, do it's from the house. Great. You know, there was all these things about let's. You know, at Surfer, we used to do this thing where we went to all the houses and we did yeah. an update on the internet and. Yeah. You know, like, let's try to capture how cool all the houses are. And, I mean, you know, it's in one format or another, it's like, let's, like, the rumor on the bike path, what's going on. And, you know, that whole thing has been tried. And 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 it's kind of cool, I think. But it's also, you kind of get the feeling that it can never be done right. I because think to can. do it right, you might get beat up. I think Everyone's afraid about right. getting beat up. I guess. I, I, I think it could be done correctly. Or, or entertainingly, let's just say. Entertainingly. Yeah. Is that a word? It is. Uh, look it up. <laughs> Duke Cook must see moment. Best in show this year at the boardroom. Mm-hmm. I've got a new sponsor. Okay. FYI CBD. Oh, and they're nice. stepping up to the plate. So we're going to have a much more robust best in show. I want to invite every board builder in the world, all the hobbyists, guys like me and you who've maybe built two or three boards, guys like Andrew Doheny and the world's best board builders to bring in boards for best in show there's going to be more prize money this year and i want to have a really robust floor filled with with a bunch of cool boards so everyone will be allowed to enter for free no cost and we want to get best in show we just want really there'll be so much killer eye candy yeah and we're going to have the judging be different we're going to have it be more of um sort of like um i don't want to use the word spectacle but there'll be more of uh an engaging element to the best in show this year uh, is FYI CBD giving away product, or will they have product? They're going to have cash for the winners, but yeah, of course there'll be product there for Sweet. sure. Yeah, that's Sweet. it's non psychoactive health supplement. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Duke Cook must see moment. Um, twenty twenty icons of foam. Pat Rawson has chosen some of the shapers for his shape off competition. At this year's boardroom in May at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Pat Rossin's the icon. He's the honoree, yeah. Wow. You didn't know that? Wow, you buried the lead in this story, dude. I thought I told everyone. Wow. So as of now, Pat Rossin has chosen Chris Christensen, Timmy Patterson, Bill Barnfield, defending champion Ryan Birch, and the Japan boardroom winner, um, whose name right now skips me, but he's a good guy. Yeah. And um, and he's going to pick a few more, and so there'll be eight competitors uh, honoring Pat Rawson in the Icons of Foam shape-off this year at the boardroom. May 2nd and 3rd? May 2nd and 3rd. I'll be there. Del Mar. Sweet. Yeah. Dukes and Kooks, must-see moment. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know we sold a Jerry Lopez lightning bolt this weekend for $20,000 at the no. Lightning Strikes California Gold Surf Auction? Crazy. Yeah, 20 grand. Was it a new board or an old It was old a vintage board? Lopez. It was 100% glass-off restoration crazy yeah crazy so we sold 27 boards this weekend we and bought it can't tell you uh, super top secret um i'm jealous kooks and dukes my duke this is a shocker scott smivy and von deadly the boys from ain't that swell podcast yes are getting tulsi gabbard on their podcast good for them can you believe that that's so cool they got tulsi we gabbard on their politics. podcast i'm not giving my opinion that's a huge get that is the biggest get in all of pod surf podcast history wait a minute a you, democratic you need to do your history you need who's bit who's a bigger get how about greg Knoll? no what he wasn't ever running for democratic nominee for the presidential campaign she could be our president in 2020 
Yang Gang, baby. Andrew yeah. Yang. Okay, you get on. him on the boardroom then. <laughs> and then I'll be impressed. Maybe I will. Dude, those guys got Tulsi on their podcast. That's and, cool. And by the way, they yeah. had a great conversation. She seems her. like a smart young lady. I, I honestly, I listen, I click play and I'm like, it's going to be so soft. They're probably not going to like and they, get They got right into it. They got right into it. And she, I mean, she, she knows surfing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. She's from Hawaii. Yeah. In the water. From, she's from Hawaii. She's Andrew Yang's not from Hawaii. It's going to be hard to get him on the board. It's going to be hard. I'm getting Tulsi. Tul- good. Is Go get Tulsi. And it was a phone interview, so like, yeah. but it was still awesome. They did 30 minutes with her, and uh, those I, guys I are from I, Jersey, I aren't they? Where, where are those guys from? What? Ain't that swell? Oh no, they're from Hawaii or no Australia. They're I don't, from I, Australia. Oh, yeah, the Australian guys. Okay, yeah. They're from Australia. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love those right, guys. Well, man. anyways, the Duke is Smivy and Von Deadly of Ain't That Swell Podcast. We're getting Tulsi Gabbard and actually having a really good conversation. That is cool. With I'm stoked. I want to listen to it. I'm so my kook, I'll send it to you, Scott. Yes. So my kook is, okay, this story comes from Jake Howard on Stab. Quote, the United States Securities and Exchange Commission has filed charges against a Roberto J. Clark Jr. for hustling investors out of $350,000 who thought that they were getting into the booming, highly lucrative jet board business, a.k.a. motorized surfboards. Clark showed investors a forged contract for surfboard orders from a major cruise line, made misrepresentations about purported orders from water sports vendors, and marketed the investment in his company using baseless revenue projections. But that's not all. He went to strip clubs. Old Roberto was living <laughs> high on not, the hog. He's a buying fancy suits, spiffy cars, front row tickets to sporting events, and of course strip clubs. Scott, guess which state in the United States this took place in? Florida man scams <laughs> investors with jet board. Could Florida it be man. any other state other than <laughs> no, Florida? No. It could not be. No, he's so, making it rain at the making strip it clubs. rain. So my, I did not identify the kook in this story yet. But there is a kook. Who is the kook, Scott? I'm guessing it's Roberto. Plot twist. Not Roberto. Who was it? Investors who would invest in <laughs> motorized surfboards. They are the uh, kooks. That's true. You think that's a good business model? <laughs> invest in a wave pool. Oh, my God. You'd be better off. Uh, you know what? Way I did, better off. I did get taken on that deal, I got to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I got some animosity against old Roberto. Rubber toe. I have to piss like a racehorse. Me too. Must-see moment. Luke Hine yes. is the goofy footer out of Australia riding DHD's fishes. Fish. Uh, his new He's doing a series called Imagination Roulette. Roulette. The episode three is glorious surfing. Twin fin surfing. You'll watch this video edit, Scott. You won't, but if you did watch it. I will watch if it. If you did watch it, you will strictly ride a, fl- a fish for the next month. It's that amazing. So, Lou Kine's Imagination Roulette. I'm a big fan. Roulette or roulette? What do yes. you know? Yes. Roulette. Okay, perfect. Okay. Well, Scott, until next time, adios and aloha. Beneath the beatbox moon, I want to croon with you. Beneath the maple sun, I got to be the one with you.
Sin motivo 